Hey there, Phil with Messages friends. Thanks for listening today. A lot of the messages our culture shares with us are about how we should be empowered and have agency and have a lot of control over our lives. And certainly those are important things. But God also asks us to give him control sometimes and allow Jesus to lead us. So how do we find the balance there? And what do we do when we're feeling disempowered? We feel like we've lost all of our agency by things beyond our control. How do we reframe our work and our lives so that we can find hope and life in the midst of those painful circumstances? May God bless you as you listen in. On Wednesday, I celebrated my 13th ordination anniversary, although I've actually been doing this pastor give for 15 years now. As I reflected back on the past decade and a half, I was struck by how much has changed in the last three weeks. It might surprise you to hear that there were no seminary classes on pandemic pastoring or even pastoring digitally when I matriculated in 2004. I'm not the only one who has had their work life unravel in the past month. Almost all of us have. Perhaps for many of us, the basics are still the same, but the methods and strategies are completely different. Parents have suddenly been deputized as teachers. Having been a classroom teacher myself, my heart goes out to you. Kids have gone from being their parents' kids to now being their students. Friends, my parents were my teachers for some of my child, and I promise you, you'll survive. Those of you who used to go to an office and enjoy your routine with your colleagues are now attempting to work six feet from your spouse, praying for you. Even my retired friends, your work has unraveled. No more visits to the community center, no more volunteering, no more visiting in person with friends, no more hanging out with your grands. And for some of you, work has unraveled so much, there is no more work. You're now laid off or unemployed. For you, I, and all of St. Peter mourn and pray. In today's scripture text, we hear about several guys whose work was unraveled through an encounter with Jesus. It wasn't easy for them. They fought the change a bit, but eventually they let go and allowed Jesus to take the lead. In doing so, they found so many blessings. Hear these words from Luke 5, 1 through 11. Jesus was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, teaching the people as they crowded around him to hear God's message. Near the shore, he saw two boats left there by some fishermen who had gone to wash their nets. Jesus got into the boat that belonged to Simon and asked him to row out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down in the boat to teach the crowd. When Jesus had finished speaking, he told Simon, row the boat out into the deep water and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon answered, we have worked hard all night long and have not caught a thing. But if you tell me to, I'll let the nets down. They did it and caught so many fish that their nets began ripping apart. Then they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. The men came and together they filled the two boats so full that they both began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this happen, he knelt down in front of Jesus and said, Lord, don't come near me, I am a sinner. Peter and everyone with him were completely surprised at all the fish they had caught. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were surprised too. Jesus told Simon, don't be afraid. 
from now on you will bring in people instead of fish. The men pulled their boats up on the shore. Then they left everything and went with Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, our hearts and minds are a bit of a mess these days. There's so much going on, so many changes, so much chaos, so many unknowns, so many things unraveling. Quiet all the thoughts of our hearts and minds so that we can hear your still, soft, Holy Spirit speaking to us now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus calling the disciples is a familiar story to most of us, so let's try to visualize the scene to see it with fresh eyes. If it's comfortable to do so, close your eyes for a moment. What was the weather like that day on Lake Gennesaret? Was there a gentle breeze? Was it a cloudless day or were there big fluffy clouds floating on a blue sky? Did it smell fresh or salty or fishy? Can you hear the waves lapping along the shore? Now imagine being Jesus, feeling the crowds pressing in around you. You know they just want to hear more about God's love for them, but perhaps you also feel a little hemmed in by all of them pushing into you. Are the two boats sitting on the lake shore in the distance? Or are they just a few feet away? How quickly do you formulate your plan to go get in one of those boats? How do you keep the crowds from getting in the boat with you? Now imagine you're Simon. Later, Jesus will rename you Peter, but right now you're just regular old Simon, an ordinary guy trying to do his best to provide for his family and live a respectable life. You're exhausted after a long night fishing. Not only was it a long night, it was also a frustrating night for you worked hard but didn't catch anything. You just want to finish putting away your kit, trudge home, hug your wife and kids, eat some breakfast, and then fall into bed. But suddenly this Jesus guy hops in your boat. He doesn't ask permission, doesn't offer to pay you for its services, doesn't ask if you'd be willing to help. He just gets in and tells you to row. Pretty rude, right? Are you tempted to call the cops? Do you want him to get off your boat and leave you alone? You've heard about this Jesus guy, and you sense there's something special about him, so you get in your boat and row out a bit. You know he has a reputation for being an amazing teacher and are intrigued, although you would have preferred to be intrigued after a good sleep. As Jesus preaches to the crowd on the shore, are you able to focus, or are you so drowsy you start to nod off? Jesus' preaching captivates you. It tugs on your heartstrings in ways no teaching from any rabbi you've ever heard has. Finally, Jesus ends his teaching, sends the crowds home, and you're looking forward to doing the same when Jesus tells you to row out a little further and cast your nets. Now you finally start to lose it with him. Master, you say, trying to be respectful, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But if you tell me to, I'll drop the nets. You hesitate for a moment, hoping Jesus will read between the lines, realize how tired you are, change his mind, and tell you to head for shore. 
but he doesn't. So exhaustedly, you drop your nets. How long do you think it took for the nets to fill with fish? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Or was it obvious right away that the catch was so huge it was going to split the nets? Simon and another unidentified fisher person who was on the boat signaled to their partners on the shore to come help with the catch. The catch was so huge that both boats nearly sunk on their way back to shore. If your eyes are still closed, will you gently bat them open? Simon Peter did something that seems a little odd when they finally arrived on the lake shore and he saw the enormity of the catch. He fell on his knees in front of Jesus and said, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinner. We totally sympathize with Peter's frustration in the boat. But I think it's possible to wonder why he's afraid of Jesus now. The original text says he and his friends James and John were stunned. There's an implication that they were frozen in place when they saw what had happened. Perhaps their reaction isn't as strange as it seems on first glance. Maybe we would react the same way. If we had some random pastor commandeer our boat, order us around, tell us how to do our jobs, and then bless us with a miraculous catch of fish, maybe we'd be a little scared too. Scared of that much power. Scared of what he might do next. Scared that we aren't worthy. Scared of breathing lest the catch disappear as quickly as it appeared. With love and compassion and grace, Jesus said to Simon and his friends, don't be afraid. If only Jesus had stopped right there, gave Peter, James, and John a big bear hug and left to go on his merry way. But no, Jesus continued, from now on, you will be fishing for people. Jesus had unraveled a lot in Peter and his partners that day. He unraveled their sense of control. He unraveled their faith in their skills. He unraveled their vocation. No one would blame Peter and friends if they were skeptical of Jesus' pronouncement. After all, what does it mean to fish for people? No one would blame Peter and his friends if they asked Jesus for a night to think about it. No one would have blamed Peter and friends if they had said, we'll join you tomorrow after we get some rest. But there was absolutely no hesitation in them. They brought their boats back to the shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. A few weeks ago, a lot of us felt like Peter at the beginning of the story, exhausted from our work, be that work in an office or work at home or work at school or work for which we volunteer but comfortable in our routines, confidently more or less know how to accomplish our responsibilities. Some like with Jesus, somewhat like Jesus with Peter, COVID-19 has come into our lives and without asking nicely, bossed us around. Like Jesus made Peter change so much because of this virus, we've had to change our routines, our plans, our relationships. It's made us feel like we're constantly doing weird things like fishing in the middle of the day after we didn't catch anything at night when the fishing is better bet. We can fight the changes that this pandemic has brought into our lives, or we can look for the ways our new routines, the new ways we're doing our work, help other people better hear God's love for them. Just as Peter helped people know God's love by not calling the cops when Jesus hijacked his boat, 
but by rowing Jesus out into the lake or the natural amphitheater helped the crowd hear him better. We can whine about all the changes we're currently having to make to our habits and routines, like Jesus did when Peter asked him to fish in the middle of the day. Or we can do our best to trust God as God us, go with the flow, and look for the blessings God will bring out of this, like the enormous catch of fish Jesus provided for Peter and his partners that day. We can be terrified, like Peter was when he saw the enormity of the catch and begged Jesus to leave him alone. Or we can take delight in the ways that God is bringing us good from the changes and pain we're all experiencing. We can ignore Jesus telling us not to be afraid. For Jesus is saying this to us now, just as he said it to Peter. Or we can quickly drop our nets and follow him in blessing others by showering God's love and care on them even from six feet away. We've been disempowered a lot over the last few weeks. Our agency at home, at work, at school, at play has unraveled as we've been ordered to shelter in place and socially distance. Feeling disempowered is scary and unsettling. But once we notice that fear, we have the power to reframe it. Rather than thinking of all the things we've been forced to give up, the things we'd rather be doing, we can be on the look for the things we can still do despite our circumstances. Doing so might be difficult. We might have to work to find ways of reframing this situation to see any positive in it. We might have to think really outside the box to see any blessings in this mess. But when we notice that we're feeling disempowered, we can begin to unravel the grip it has on us and follow Jesus from a place of fear to a place of faith and purpose in this new way of working and living and being which we're all facing. As we continue this COVID-19 journey, may we respond positively to Jesus's requests for help sharing God's love and care with the scared world. May we allow him to lead us, and it's even okay if we do so begrudgingly at times like Peter did. May we look for the miraculous blessings coming out of this crisis. And may we hear Jesus reassuring us that we do not have to be afraid. Amen. Thanks again for listening in today, my friends. I pray that God's vision and hope and peace surround you always, and especially on those days and in those times when you are feeling disempowered and out of control and a little lost. May God's grace and peace surround you now and always. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.